would like to thank Pastor Kurt for that wonderful dedication. It, it doesn't get any less impactful with the number of children you have. If anybody's wondering, it's just as impactful on number four as it is number one. The weight of the responsibility doesn't change, and I thank Pastor for that charge and for the church. I'm thankful to be a part of Crossroads, to be a part of a wonderful church that is still preaching truth, to have wonderful people that is supporting us, and, and uh, it does take a village. Is that the saying, it takes a village? I didn't quite understand that until I had a few kids. Uh, I remember when Aaron and I would, first got married, and uh, we was working in church in Indianapolis, and there was some family there with multiple kids, and those kids would get slightly rowdy, or they would maybe talk when they shouldn't talk. I told my wife, I'm like, that'll never happen. I'm like, tell you right now, my kids will be perfect. They will sit there, they'll behave. Let me tell you, by number two, you totally give up from that. You're just happy if they get through church with their clothes on. And uh, that's just a simple reality. But I'm so blessed, my wonderful wife and kids with this church, and for all our family that's here today, thank you for being here. It means so much to us. And thank you for all of you for being here. You're our family as well. We love each and every one of you. I'm going to do my best today to fill in, and uh, I don't agree with what Pastor said one little bit. Let me say that right now publicly online with my father watching, that uh, I do not think that I'm an adequate substitute, but I will do my very best today. I, I, please be praying for my father. He, uh, with his health condition, his health at times is very, uh, very up and down. Many of you probably know he had five organ transplants about 10 years ago. Uh, five organs, that is, transplanted in a block transfer. And though God has blessed him and, and he's still, still living and doing well most of the time, he still has up and downs. But quite honestly, so do we all. His just is a little bit more severe, so please keep him in your prayers. God has given me something I believe is impactful today, and I promise you, and I know this might be an empty promise, I promise you that I will be respectful of your time and try to keep it as short as possible. Uh, and I know coming from the preacher, that means very little. But I also know that we've had a little bit longer the service than normal, and I'm going to do my best to be short. I want to read out of the book of Isaiah, the 60th chapter, starting with the first verse. Also be reading out of Isaiah 61. Now, I'm a little different than, as you all know, from Pastor and Justin. I, I like to get my scriptures out of the way at the beginning. They're real good about sprinkling them in there in the middle. I, I, I don't, I'm not good at that. I'm just, I just get them away right at the beginning. So if you're taking notes, write them down. I'm going to do my best to read through these. Isaiah 60 and 1 reads, Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come into thy light, and the kings of the brightness of thy rising. Lift up your eyes around about and see all that they gather themselves together. They that come to thee, thy sons shall come from afar, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto you. Isaiah 61, the first verse. 
The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Doesn't that sound like 2020? The acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. And finally, Luke, the 24th chapter in the first verse, reading down to the 11th. And now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. They found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid, they bowed down their faces to the earth. And they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And uh, the third day rise again, and they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and the Mary, the mother of James, and the other women that were with them, which told them, which told these things unto the apostles. And the words seemed to have them as idle tales as they believed them not. I, I want to do my best today for just a few minutes to minister to your heart on this thought. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Words can't describe what God is going to do in your life in these last days. I believe that today. As I look across this sanctuary and see all of your beautiful faces here today, uh, I, I want to tell you Ears have not heard nor eyes seen what God is going to do in your life and your family. I hope you believe that today. God has something special for you, something extraordinary in your life. There is no proper vernacular. There are no adequate phrases that can sum up what is in store for you in God. There's nothing that can really sum up what God has in store for this church, I believe. If we are going to see God move in a harvest of souls like never before, do you believe that today? I believe we are going to see God move like never before. In this time of darkness, God has designed for the church to be a light. A lighthouse that will direct the lost of this hour into the harbor of God's grace and mercy. Does anybody feel like the year 2020 has just been a little darker than normal? Not just the pandemic, there's been a lot else going on in our country. A lot of other things that have just seemed to be overwhelming during this year. There is a burning call today to the church, you and I, of the living God. And I believe that call is very simply to say, arise and shine. Lift up your eyes. His light has come in the glory of the Lord is risen on you. I hope I can preach to your heart today. There is one thing today, though I have hope in the Lord and I have hope in what He's doing in our lives and in this church, there is one thing I do not have hope for. I do not have hope for this earth. I do not have hope for this world and I don't believe its systems will last. And if you'll stick with me, I'm, I'm preaching a message of hope today. I'm not trying to be discouraging. Our scripture reads, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. There will be a dualistic approach to the work of God in these last days. Darkness, it says, will cover the earth, 
and the gross darkness over the people. But the church, in the church, the Lord will arise on us. His glory will be on you. Does that encourage you today? That no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's happening outside, that God is shining on us today. There shall be light in the evening time. There will be light in the darkness. I'm doing my best to keep this jacket on, Logan. You challenged me earlier. I got to see. If you don't know me, I don't normally preach with a jacket on. It's scriptural that our world will be consumed with darkness. Luke 1, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from our high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. Day spring in Greek means a sun rising. It was the first springing up of light. Jesus came as day spring, fulfilling prophecy. Let the sun of righteousness, what the Bible tells us, arise. John 12, 46. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. When Jesus was just eight, eight days old, Simeon prophesied over him, spoke of what Jesus was to become in the whole world. For all of eternity, Luke 2, 32 says, a light to lighten the Gentiles and to the glory of the people of Israel. You realize today, how many of you are in the same boat as I? I've spent my entire life in the church. I grew up in church. I've been around it my entire life. And I've heard so many messages preached on the shame of the cross and the ugliness of his suffering. We love to talk about the blood and we love to talk about the gore, about the pain and the sadness. And don't misunderstand me. We need to understand what Jesus went through, what he endured for us, what he went through for us. But his reason for coming and dying was not in shame or in disgrace. His reason was not without purpose. His reason for dying was not in sacrifice alone, but what was to come after the cross. Hebrews 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, now I don't know about you, but that shocks me, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Has anybody ever endured a little bit of pain in your life? I'm talking about physical pain. I hit my hand with a hammer a few weeks ago. I thought my fingernail was going to fall off. Let me tell you, that was horrific. When I think of doing that again, and you understand, Jesus was God. He knew what was coming. For the joy he endured, he knew the pain, the suffering, the lashes, the crown that would be shoved on his head, and he said, for the joy. Despising the shame, and set down the right hand of the throne of God. He went to the cross knowing everything that was going to happen, understanding all the pain that was going to come his way, because there is joy and power on the other side of that cross. He was bringing light to a dark world, bringing hope to the hopeless, strength to the weak. He created a church that the gates of hell could not prevail against it. 
There was love given where his blood flowed. There was flowers of hope that sprang up where the blood touched. I hope I'm talking to somebody today who just can't seem to get their eye off the cross. Let me tell you, thank God for the cross. Thank God for the blood that was flowed down that cross. Thank God for the sacrifice. But let me tell you, God is not dead. He does not hang on a cross. He is alive, and there is joy on the other side of the cross. Yes, it was ugly, it was brutal, it was, it, was, it was absolutely brutal, but it was so beautiful as well. There is grace on the other side, forgiveness on the other side of the cross. Can I tell you today, we was never meant to stay at the cross. We were never meant to look for him at the tomb. We lay our sins at the cross and we, we gain our power after the tomb, but then we move past all that into joy. Luke four seventeen, and there it was delivered unto them the book of the prophet. And when he had opened the book, he found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set a liberty to them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Can I preach to you today? There was joy. There is a joy that comes from the cross. What was that joy? It was to heal the brokenhearted, to deliver the captives, sight for the blind, liberty for the abused. And can I tell you today, he is still healing today. He is still working today. If you're sitting here today, I believe without a shadow of a doubt, God can save you. He can heal you. He can deliver you. He can set you free. There is nothing. These are not empty words that I'm speaking today. This isn't just empty rhetoric that I've learned to say. This is scripture. I'm telling you what God can do. There is still a living God working in the church and working in our country and working in this world. I hope you believe with me that God desires to bless our families. He desires to bless our lives abundantly in spite of everything this year has brought. The greatest joy for the church is seeing souls set free. The greatest joy we will experience is seeing someone baptized in Jesus' name. The greatest joy is to experience God working through miracles and signs and wonders in this church. The greatest joy you will ever experience is seeing your family and your children saved. I refuse to believe. That because of pandemic and because of things going wrong in our country and because negativity is surrounding us, that God will not work. Let me tell you, there is a light shining in the darkness. There is a God living out hope. There is a God delivering joy. There is a God still working for your behalf today. I believe we can see alcoholics delivered in Jesus' name today. I believe we can see drug addicts freed by the power of Jesus this very hour. We can see chronic depression flee with the power of his joy. There's, there's, God is not limited by anything this world can do. Can I encourage you today? I wonder if you just close your eyes and just start praying. I feel God's moving today. I hope it's not just me. I hope, I hope you feel the same present that I feel in this place. 
I want to focus. I want to start proclaiming on the joy of the cross. I'm thankful that I can lay my sins at the foot of the cross. I'm thankful that the blood is still applying to my life. But God, I refuse to sit when I'm right behind it. I can look beyond the cross and I can see power. I can see joy. I can see happiness. I can see fulfillment. I'm not going to sit at the cross anymore. But God, I'm going to move forward into your calling. I want to let others know that there's a future in Christ beyond the cross. You know, if you, we don't have one up right now, and I didn't get one, but if at times we'll have crosses on our, our screens, maybe it's a background or whatever, but you'll notice Jesus is never on that cross. You go to some churches, they love to see Jesus hanging on the cross. I, I, I want to remember what he did for me. Don't misunderstand me. I want to honor him for what he did for me. I'm going to thank him. I'm going to worship him. But let me tell you, my God is not hanging on that cross anymore. My God is alive and well, working forevermore. There is a future beyond the cross. He's not dead. He's not hanging on that cross anymore. Go look in the tomb, Mary. Christ is risen. He's alive. We have got to be ready. I believe this with every fiber in me today. I believe Crossroads is experiencing right now a revival. I believe we are seeing a harvest of souls, and we've got to be ready for what God wants to do through our lives and what His grace will do through us. Do you realize that the angels rejoice over one soul repenting? There is power on the other side of the cross. Isaiah 61 and 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with my garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as the garden cometh, causeth the things that are sown it to be spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. I know how bad it looks today. Trust me, I, I'm not as versed as maybe Pastor Kurt because I don't like politics, but I also understand that we cannot turn a blind eye to what's going on in our world. And I try to keep myself educated, and I read, and I, I, I look up things. I know what's going on in our nation. I know what's going on in our country and in this world and things that are happening and how bad the world has become. And I understand how evil times are and don't misunderstand me. I understand the, how dark our society seems right now. But I don't equate, hear me today, I don't equate what happens in this world with the church. Can I, can I speak to you just for a moment on this? So many times we bring the negativity of the world into the church. We bring what's happening in the world and we bring it into the church. It doesn't matter how bad it is outside of these walls. Can I tell you today, there's joy in the church. It doesn't matter how dark it seems, how depressed it seems, how hopelessness it seems. I've come to preach to you, there is joy forevermore in the house of God. There is hope in the church. There is restoration in the church. There is salvation in Jesus. Joy and rejoicing is the fertile soil that, that praise is produced from. 
it is time, I think, that some of us realize there is power and joy waiting for us on the other side. It's time that we just get to the other side of the cross. You would think, you would think that living for God is like a tax audit for some people. They almost dread it. Maybe that's just me. That's just my interpretation of things. Let me tell you, our society is sad enough. Our society and things are going on is sad. I refuse to be a sad Christian. I refuse to be somebody that is hopeless and going out to my, my place of business, my work, and just spreading more negativity. The Bible tells us, the joy shall you draw waters. In thy presence is fullness of joy. I choose to be a Christian full of joy because I understand what my God has did for me. I understand what my God can do for me, and I know what my God will do for me. There is power and joy when I get connected to him. We don't need more sad and depressed Christians that walk around with their heads bowed down, but we need some people that will walk around this nation and this country with their heads held high and said, I know Jesus, I know the light, I know the way. Let me tell you about the goodness of Jesus. No, my life's not perfect. I need more money in my bank account. I tell you right now. Every week I'm looking at my bank account and thinking, I got three weddings to pay for. I'm calculating how much I got to save, Brad, every single month. I can't do it. I'm going to have to start paying the lottery. Oh, that's wrong. I can't do that. I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. I'm never going to preach again. (laughs) My life's not perfect. Your life's not perfect. We have trials. We have ups and downs. We have things we face. But let me tell you, if our mind is on Jesus and our efforts are in the Word of God and we're working in God's kingdom, there is no way you can be an unhappy Christian. Because every time I come back in the house of God, I find joy. Every time I get in the word of God, I find hope. Every time I pray and I seek God, I find encouragement. Because, oh, let me tell you, there is a joy that becomes beyond anything this world understands. There is a hope beyond anything this world can comprehend. And it is in Jesus Christ. I want to be a joy-filled Christian. We read in the scripture of David at the gates of Achish, and it says he feigned himself. He was scared. He was pretending to be scared, and he was flaunting himself all over. And he feared Achish and pretended to be mad at their gates. I'm trying to hurry. I've already went longer than I expected. We read earlier in scripture of this was the same David that danced before the Lord. So the David that danced before the Lord, then here a little bit later, he was feared at Achish. He put on ragged clothes and danced before the servants and the onlookers. Can I tell you today, we're either, we're either going to be a fool for the light or we're going to be a fool for the darkness. We're either willing to make a fool of ourselves for God or for the world. That's a simple reality today. And I'm going to be maybe a little old-fashioned what I'm about to say, and you're just going to have to either ignore me or go with it. We'll go to a basketball game and we'll yell and scream, but we'll sit on the pew with our arms crossed in the presence of God. We'll go to a concert and jump and dance, and, but we just don't feel comfortable worshiping God in, in His presence. Can I tell you, I get joy when I think about what He's done for me. I get joy 
when I talk about what he has done for me. There is joy when I raise my hands in worship. There is joy when I worship the Lord. There is joy when I dance before the Lord. Can I tell you, if you come into the house of God and you're, you're sorrow-filled and you don't know what to do, you may not feel like it, but if you'll just start lifting your hands, start magnifying Jesus, I promise you, you will get connected to a source of joy that you will not ever want to lose. There is joy on the other side of the cross. There is joy because he has risen from the dead. He is alive. He is alive today. The musicians can come at this time. We read in scripture that Micah wasn't happy at David's parade. She was happy that they were shouting. Excuse me, she was happy at David's parade. They were shouting, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. She was happy when they were bragging on his kill record and everything that he'd accomplished. But when it came to David dancing like a fool in front of the ark, that was just too embarrassing. She didn't like that too much. She didn't, she didn't understand that. Can I, can I just speak to you honestly for just a moment today? There will always be those who do not understand our worship. There will always be those who don't understand how we interact interact with God. They will not understand why we, why we do interact in certain ways, why maybe we separate ourselves from some things in the world. But I think what we need today in this very hour are saints with that early spirit of David. I don't care who is watching. I don't care about my reputation. I don't care about anything except worshiping Him. I know today under the sound of my voice there is somebody that is in this building today that is looking for something to make a difference in their life. Do you need God to make a difference in your life today? I need God to make a difference in my life today. Listen to me. Would you just close your eyes right now all across this place? We're, we're getting ready to close our service. We're going to have a song and we'll open the altar for anybody that comes. But I just want you to take a moment right now and seek after the Lord. I want to encourage somebody today. You need to come to the cross. We need to let that old man of darkness die. You will find forgiveness there. You, you will find joy beyond the cross. In his presence is fullness of joy. God wants to spring forth here something in your life. He knows your needs. He knows your desires. He knows you today. God knows the very, very thoughts of your mind, the very desires of your heart. And he is searching right now for someone just to lift your eyes up. Say, you know what, I, I'm done kneeling at the foot of the cross. God, thank you for giving me. It starts with repentance. God, thank you for forgiving me of my sins. But God, I'm ready to look up and to move beyond the cross into the joy, into the happiness, into the power that you have prepared for me. Would you stand with me all across this place? I want you to know today that when he was on the cross, he had you on his mind. His light is here right now. He has come to us. I believe there is no end to what my God can do. So if today, they're going to sing in just a moment, and I'm going to open these altars up. But I wonder if you would just lift your hands with me. If you believe that there is nothing your God can't do, if you believe that there is a God still alive today and that he desires to bless you and there is joy for you. I, I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I believe there's someone here today that's battling depression. There's someone here right now that's battling sorrow in your life. Let me tell you, 
You just need to find God. You need to get to with God. You need to get the joy that only He can offer you. Would you just pray right now as they start singing that God would work in your heart? Jesus.